0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bill Attride Astrologer uh, Radio Show. My name is Bill Atride, and this is the second show for 2018. And today's topic is a little different. I'm going to be talking more about some of the fundamentals of astrology as we try to understand and read uh, astrological charts, because we're always talking about things. Uh, here on the show and many people talk about it, but what really we should step back and try to consider how this all works, I suppose, um, and, and understand some of the fundamentals of, of looking at a chart and reading a chart. But so I thought I'd do that a bit today uh, and illustrate some of those points and then uh, take your calls as before. Um, and so so what we understand is that we're, we're looking at a chart. Really, what is it? It's, it's a map of the heavens at a certain moment in time from a vantage point or place here on Earth. Basically, what we're looking at in an astrological chart is a sky map, um, a map of the heavens. And uh, and what we're looking at is how the planets are arranged around the Earth from a particular vantage point at a particular time. Um, You can actually use some astrological programs and can see how this works by you could have a certain date or time entered and then you can move it forward in time by seconds, minutes, hours and days and see the Earth revolving around in 24 hours and the planets moving step by step through the signs. Um, and obviously it's us going around the solar system too. So we say the, the the sun goes around through all the signs in one year, but actually that's us going around the sun in one year. Um, and and there are various rates and speeds at which these bodies move. Ob- obviously the moon is going in orbit around us. It makes a circuit every 28 or so days. Um, And then we, of course, get around the sun once a year. Uh, And Mercury and Venus in their inner orbits to ours with the sun also seemingly for us, at least on Earth, they get around the sun once a year also. But actually, they're going back and forth as they pass us on the inside track and then seem to go backwards and forwards again. Uh, so it's a little it's a it's not as it it's what, how it appears to us, but not how it really is. If you're looking at it from the center of the solar system, from the sun's perspective and then beyond the Earth, once we get out beyond the Earth then the orbits keep on increasing. So it takes roughly for Mars to get her two years around the solar system or through all the astrological signs. And then Jupiter takes 12 years and then Saturn 29 and then Uranus 84 and so on. So you get to the point of uh, Neptune 170 and Pluto 250 years or so. Um, So what astrologers do is we take each position of the planet at the moment of a event, whether it be the beginning of a corporation or the beginning of a nation or the beginning of a a person's born uh, and draw up a chart for that moment and place the planets in their signs and in the houses of a chart. Now, the the structure of a chart can vary, but basically what we're doing is we're dividing the the circle of the space around us into upper and lower realms, those things which would be above the horizon for us and those things below the Earth horizon, um, and putting them into what are called 12 houses, sort of two hours per house for the 24 hours of a day. Um, and so we see how the planets get distributed within this wheel of the space around the chart, and that forms its first sort of impression for us. Though so people may, you say, how do you approach a chart? How do you read it? As I've been doing here with you on the radio, someone will call in and give me their date, time and place of birth, and instantly I can create a chart and begin talking about them. Now now how do I do that? It's like well, how would, how would I know anything? But because what we have with this body of understanding, this wisdom in astrology is that right away we can begin sensing certain things about any individual by just looking at the chart. But what we must remember is always to first start out holistically. Stand back from the chart. I like to say to any client who comes to me, what's the first thing we do when we meet somebody? We look at them, they look at us, and we form this first impression, and it's formed by some basic qualities of their attitude or demeanor and the way they're dressed and where we meet them, and it's a general sort of summing up of who is this before me, Uh, and then, of course, we fill in with real experiences. Well, the same thing sort of with astrology. We first just look at the chart. And though we're aware of many things right away, we want to just step back and just look at the chart in its totality, how these planets are distributed around the wheel of the space around the earth gives us this first impression about somebody. And then we begin noticing things. We begin noticing, oh, they had several planets here or several, several planets in one sign. And, and what does that mean? And so we begin, but then we have to quickly pull back again and look at the whole. So you go in and you go out. You look at this, you look at that. You begin to weave together a story and begin using the different elements of how much fire, earth, air, or water signs they have in their chart, how many are cardinal or fixed or mutable. You see whether there are more planets on one side of the chart or the other. Are they bunched together or distributed rather evenly? And as you begin to do this, you begin to weave a story sort of in your mind's eye about who is this? and you may jump to certain things like oh let's look at their gemini uh oh that's very important and and then where is their mercury the ruler of gemini and then oh, and and what's it relating to in terms of other planets and then you step back and then you'll find other things to focus upon there are I guess a few basic things we certainly look at first in a chart. One is, yes, the pattern. Is there a sort of a pattern we can sort of fit people into? And there are several patterns. There's some people are born with all their planets on one side of a chart. It's a hemispheric or bowl pattern. And they have a certain quality and type of approach to life in general. Um, And then we might find people who have a very, very tight band of planets. It's called a bundle pattern or a wedge pattern where everything is within one-third of space. And then sort of its counterpart is where people have about two-thirds of space filled in with planets, and one-third remains open and empty. Um, And then there's people who have planets on either side, but spaces in between. We call that sort of a seesaw or hourglass pattern. And so there's several different types we sort of first kind of fit a chart into that begins to give us a sense of this. And then we look for distributions of emphases and begin to sort of weave a tale of energies, if you will, and then begin borrowing down into these very particular things. We certainly consider most importantly, what is a person's sun sign and then what is their moon sign? And from that, what is their relationship of the sun and moon? How is their consciousness and they're feeling an emotional life or unconsciousness working together, the sun and moon. Um, and then we swing over and say, well, if we have a timed chart, a chart of a person born at particular time, we wanna look at that third most important feature, what's their rising sign? Because though the sun is who you are and the moon is how you feel or react, the rising sign is how you present yourself into the world, how you meet the world or greet the world, your, your presence itself. Uh, and then you look at that and say, well, what does that person appear to be like? Um, and then you look for all these different factors that relate to these. Like if the person's a Gemini, then we look and see where their Mercury is because that's what rules Gemini. If their moon is in a certain sign and a certain house, then we see what's the ruler of that and where's that located. And we begin to weave the planets and the houses and the signs together into this web of interconnections. Again, trying to start holistically going into details and pulling back and then looking for something else pulling in looking at close then pulling back we go in and out back and forth weaving it together and we tell a story. We tell the story of this person, of what are their strengths and talents and abilities, where do their sensibilities lie, um, what challenges might they face, and so we so that know that there are certain arrangements of planets that are more challenging to accommodate one to another, uh, certain aspects that have more stress or challenge associated with them, and so someone might quite naturally ask me, "Do I have a hard or easy chart?" And I would sort of not dismiss that but say, actually, um, I've seen charts where someone has all these so-called beautiful, easy aspects, and they're not a very interesting person (laughs) because there's not much going on. Everything sort of flows for them in their life. And maybe this is a lifetime of getting a break from a previously more difficult life, one could argue. And you can see charts of people coming in with very, very, a lot of different challenging aspects. And you might think, is this person being pulled apart or hurt by that. And actually, they could pull it together through will and strength and their spiritual development, which is something that is not so easy to discern. Um, So you could see a chart being rather difficult, as it were, in terms of planetary arrangements. And one person could stand up to that, pull that together and do amazing things with a challenging chart. And someone else who didn't have this, the, the the luck, if you will, of being helped or having a teacher or having their own spiritual development to handle that are pulled apart by something like that. So you can't tell from a chart alone what a person's life is necessarily going to be. But you do have a lot of hints and indications. And so we can be fairly certain uh, when looking at a chart How, what is this person here to work upon? What is their life all about? What strengths can they draw upon? What challenges must they face in order to continue their path of awakening and development? Um, And so people may come in for reading, let's say, and they think it's all about their career and I have problems in my job. And certainly the chart may show that, but then I may point out, well, actually, the trouble that you're having is more of a personal nature and you're troubled in this regard and it's affecting your career or vice versa. Um, and often people will acknowledge that, that they were sort of deflecting or, or, or sort of suppressing or not acknowledging the source of their real angst or troubles or difficulties, uh, but, or didn't see that, that was manifesting out there, but had no idea that this was the root cause of it. So it's, it's an interesting journey working with people to help them see how well they're aware of who they are. And, and I would say most people who come from readings day after day with me will come into reading, some having never had a reading before, they're, some have great trepidation, they're afraid that I'm gonna tell them things that they don't want to hear or that they have no control over. And what they find time and time again is what they hear is what in some sense they already knew or intuited or felt or had a sense about, but partly it's, we're not sure. Uh, we, we feel we have this, but also that, and how do I do this? How do I do this and that because they seem so different? And that's part of what a reading tells us is that we are complex. We do have different needs and interests and drives. And if we were to live out only some of them, we will suffer. And then if we swing the other way and try to compensate by going the other way, Again will suffer key is to live life in the middle to live with balance and integration to bring all these different energies together and realize they only work well when held together. Um, And so for people coming for readings that's often what they'll find is that it confirms what they know it adds to what they know. And in so doing, the whole point of any reading is to provide a client or whomever one is dealing with um, a greater sense of their own self and therefore having that greater self knowledge, they have greater self-determination and therefore greater free will. And I would always argue that the more ignorant a person is of themselves and or of their world, of course, the more their life is fated. It will just happen to them. And the more they are able to sort of Look within themselves and get guidance from without to help them understand who am I and what am I here for and knowing the truth when you hear the truth your heart sort of leaps up and jumps so your higher self says yes listen to this people know when they're hearing what is right or true about them. And yet astrologers have to be we have to be very careful uh, because things can be taken in many different ways in terms of a pattern or energy. A person could be living it out at a very low or medium or high level. And so we may approach certain matters a little more tentatively. We may say, well, this could be so um, and it might work this way or that way for you. There's certain things that sometimes we're pretty clear about and say, this is what it is. And the person agrees, oh, yes, that is true about me. Um, So it it varies and it requires uh, great sensitivity. Um, I mean, obviously, the the operative rule in astrology, as it is in medicine, is first do no harm. And so, as one approaches this great mystery of helping an individual or a couple or a group of people understand better who they are and the dynamics of themselves and/or their relationships, um, we go at it, you know, firmly but gently, uh, trying to provide that insight and illuminate, but never pushing, never shoving, uh, and never disturbing a pre-existing sort of belief or or, 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 or certainty in them. But if they're searching and seeking and questioning, then we begin opening doors and showing other pathways and get providing some means of continuing that journey of self-discovery. Um, so I, I see a range of people in life, people who've had readings for for decades and people who are coming for their very first time, like a client this morning, never had a reading before, didn't know what to expect, was told to do it by a friend. Often people are are, are guided by a friend or loved one to try this. Um, And they find, of course, what they find is this is not what they've read in magazines. This is not what they've read in newspapers. This is something far different because this is real astrology. Uh, Not that sun sign astrology and those kind of forecasts aren't valid in themselves and can provide interesting guidance for people at various times. But having your own true astrological chart drawn uh, provides an amazing wealth of information and guidance and comfort to those who approach this with again the right understanding there are people who would approach astrology and have this this need in life like it can be practiced in many ways of where they want their life predicted uh they want to know what's going to happen exactly Um, and i will encourage people like that sometimes not to come to me because that's not what i wish or want to have them see life as i want to see it as this journey of awakening where This is all about your self-knowledge. And the more you wake up and figure out who you are, you will in fact, because you're really living, not reacting. And that's the whole point. Um, So really the less predictable a person is, the more they've awakened. Uh, But, but certainly most of us are not fully awake and uh, some are semi-conscious and some are just beginning to wake up and and need help and need guidance. And, And certainly every day I, I, find myself realizing something coming to realize something it's a dynamic process where i'll be talking about a client i don't know what i'm talking about because i'm talking about what i see as a structural element in their chart and and i i know the forms of how it manifests but they know the content they know what actually i'm talking about in terms of a real experience or condition in their life and so then we discuss things and get to know one another better And then i'll read more into that for them so it's a dynamic experience not just one way i mean i've had many clients who will contact me and say just read my chart i don't want to talk to you make a recording send it to me and it works they often come back with many questions and thoughts but they didn't want to interact in the beginning and some will come and walk right in and tell you their life story before you start the reading and many more will come in and say i don't want to tell you anything just tell me what you see and then, of course, as you begin to lay out to them who they are, they smile, they laugh, they cry, and it becomes very comforting um, to them to see that I am who I am and I did figure me out and this, the universe is speaking to me. That's what a chart is. We were all born at a specific moment in the cosmos. And in a way, the cosmos, in a, through a chart, is asking a question and you, each of you, Born at a certain time is an answer to a cosmic question. And the whole point of life is to wake up, figure out who and what I am and what I'm here for, and go be that to be part of the answer to this journey of spirit. So it's a quite a beautiful thing. And, of course, astrology is found throughout history and throughout all cultures. Um, it's one of the ancient traditions and, 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 and sort of revered uh, understandings and one that's not practiced as well as it can or should be, certainly, in many cases. But certainly there has been a restatement of what astrology is in the modern era uh, in terms of this idea of self-development and self-knowledge and, 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 and development of greater self-will. Uh, Which is what I prefer to look at it as but there are many who practice it in other ways and it works perfectly fine um, And helps people in that regard who want that kind of indication or or instruction or information Um, So there are are many many things to consider in looking at a chart Um, and I I can't say what happens first to me every time because every time it's different, but I'll look at a chart and i I look at it in an overall way, and then I begin to see something, and then I look at something else and look at something else, and it begins to sort of flow if you will. And, and the words come and the thoughts come and we can talk about it. So I thought just as an example for you, though you you can't see what I'm looking at here, I thought I would just make some comments upon some people in the news and their charts and what, what first things we would notice about them. Uh, and I know I've written about a couple of times and on the blog last year, this year about Donald Trump's chart. So I just thought I'd start with that just because He's the president. He's a public figure. Um, and just comment on what stands out first in his chart. And, of course, right away we know here's a person born with what we call a bowl pattern. All the planets are on one side of the chart, nothing on the other side of the chart. And people like that come in with a sense of mission. They're mission-driven, purposeful. They're trying to fill something in. Then, of course, he's born at the full moon, at actually an eclipse of the moon because the sun and moon are lined up with the nodes of the, of the moon. And that means a person born when there was a solar or lunar eclipse. In Donald's case, it was a, a lunar eclipse. Uh, and being born at the full moon means a person is born with tremendous awareness of this and that, but also feels this tremendous tension between their inner life and outer life and needs to reconcile that somehow. But then, of course, We look at a chart and see, well, where are these planets placed? And of course, for Donald, the sun is at the very top of the chart, along with a planet that's right next to his sun. Of course, it's really not next to it in physical space. In physical space, they are millions of miles apart. But from our Earth's perspective, they lined up in one part of space, one after the other. The sun is lined up with the planet Uranus. We call that a conjunction. And Uranus is the planet of innovation, of being a path breaker, not, and, not a path, and someone making their own path, and finding their own way, and being truly individualistic, an iconoclast, a breaker of icons, but it makes a person have a great deal of energy, and often instability, and that would be fine if it was just one thing, but again, because he's born at the full moon, it puts that moon also opposite Uranus. And so not only is his sun on Uranus, but his moon is opposite Uranus, which is what makes, as many people have described him to be, a very unstable person, erratic person, person you never know what's going to come next. That's not an act. That's just what his energy is. And it's allowed him to be who he is and, get, and do what he does. It's one of his great strengths, you might say. And he has Uranus rising before his sun. He would see himself as being quite an innovative and progressive person. Um, it's kind of interesting. A lot of our presidents have had that energy of a Iranian quality in their charts. Um, another president who had that quality was George Bush, uh, the younger, uh, our previous president to Barack Obama. And he also had Uranus rising before his son, but not on his son. So it's not the same thing as what Donald would have. Um, and then, of course, we, we look at the sun, we look at the moon, we look at the rising sign. And for Donald, that is The rising sign is Leo, the sign of leadership and creativity and self expression, and the demand for respect and honor for oneself and life is paramount with that. Um, And yet, we look to the previous president, if we just jump around here, which we'll do, um, the previous president was Barack Obama, who was a Leo, uh, so that was his core energy, but his moon was Gemini. So, this is kind of interesting. We had a We have a president now as a Gemini with Leo rising, and we had a president who was Leo with a Gemini moon. And for Barack, though, he had Aquarius rising. Um, The challenge for him would have been, with all that air and fire, he was a very cerebral person, um, more in his head and thoughtful and mindful, which he was quite known for his articulation and speech and all that. But it also could make a person, quite literally with that Aquarius rising, be open and friendly, but also very detached. Whereas Donald having Leo rising is a showman. He puts on a show. He knows that's the key for him and he's going to make a presence. He's going to make an entrance. That's his, his way of being uh, which works for him. It's a, it's a quality and condition that he works very effectively. Whereas um, when, and we look at the George Bush's chart. Um, when he was elected, I took a look at his chart and said, my goodness, right away, here is a person born with that pattern in astrology we call the wedge. Everything's within one third of space, which gives a person a tremendous focus in life, but often a very narrow focus. And that they tend to find themselves driven towards something or other, pulled towards something or other. Once they find something to set their, sight, their sights on they're just going to go for it and they pull everybody along in their wake. So when I saw his chart, I said, "Oh, well, we're going to go for a ride because he's going to be driven with a certain purposefulness and drive in life that he's mission driven. Um, when he had to find his mission and his mission found him when 9-11 happened. Um, and so that became the be all end all of his life in terms of what he was here for. Um, again, he, he is a cancer. Um, and so a very sensitive person, And actually someone who would prefer to be behind the scenes than rather than out front in his life. But history and dynamics brought him out into the world because he, like Donald, also has Leo rising. So, again, similar pattern showing up here in the chart, but having very different effects um, in terms of how they how they come across or how they're manifested. Um, But again, just like Donald has Uranus rising before his son, so did George Bush. Um, whereas Barack Obama, he had Mercury rising before his son. So he would be led through life by his thoughts, by his ideas. Um, and again, we look at the highest planet in the chart. It's sort of your house of destiny, your house of career. Well, that's where, where Donald has both his son and Uranus. He definitely is a path maker, a path breaker. Um, and that is true for him. Whereas for Barack Obama, the highest planet in his chart Was the planet? Is the planet Neptune, the planet of dreams, vision and imagination, the planet of inspiration uh, and trying to hold up a certain vision in one's life? Um, And so each person, as you begin to tease out information, begins to describe a certain quality or characteristic that that sort of can reveal something about that person. Um, and so you, you find out where their sensitive points are, where they have strengths, and where they may have deficiencies or weaknesses that could, if they're in a very private way, and if they're just a private citizen, it wouldn't matter so much. But in the public world, and the public eye, they become very, very obvious to us in some fashion or other. We may think it's just an, an, an affectation or way of being. But it may just be the way the person was constituted from the beginning and worked on that and worked on that. it it becomes their their sort of way of operating in the world, not just personally, but in their professional or public status to swing over to a very different chart or different person, but there's some similarities here that are kind of interesting. We can look at the leader of another part of our world, uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, And I'm I'm using charts that are timed here, which is very important, because without a time of a chart, we don't have rising signs. We don't have the planets in their particular houses, which is partly it's it's not necessary. and, And many charts can be read. Charts are read with no time. And great information comes through that. And I've done that many times. But we always prefer to have a real chart with a time of birth. Well, with Vladimir, we have that he is a Libra, um, but and and but he is someone like Donald, who has a very strong Uranus Sun aspect. His Sun squares Uranus, so just like Donald, he would also be, in his own way and fashion, an iconoclast. But whereas for Donald, it makes for a lot of disruption with his Sun and Uranus uh, Sun to and Moon to Uranus, and there is no stabi- less, less stability there, for Putin for Putin. He has Uranus touching his son, but then Saturn is on his son as well, which means that there is this anchoring for him. He is innovative, but deadly serious. And, and, and ter- in terms of the highest planet in his chart, it is the planet Pluto, the planet of the will and willpower and control. And so his whole life has been seen by him as being a master of control or being in control um, in order to uh, fulfill his destiny. We have another Libra on the world stage right now uh, that is Benjamin Netanyahu. He's actually a double Libra. And we mean by that either person's born at dawn. So their sun and their rising sign are the same. Or as in Benjamin's case, uh, their sun and moon are right in the same sign, so They're born right before or right after a new moon. He was born about a day before the new moon. So the sun and moon are both in Libra. Um, And 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 given that uh, factor in his chart, he is someone who is his mastery would be in this realm of relationships and trying to work, you know, in the world of relationships to negotiate, to parry, to balance one thing with another. This is what his skill sets would be. And of course, all those planets, sun and moon and even Neptune are all in the 11th house of social ideals and social consciousness, truly a person who sees himself fulfilling a certain ideal or purpose in his life in terms of a culture, in terms of a way and a people. But he has at the top of his chart, um, and so the, the planet that's highest in his chart, Saturn, the teacher and the tester of a chart. And when Saturn's at the top of the chart, a person drives themselves to succeed and can do so as long as they remember the most important thing about power and success. Power is not ours. It flows through us. And as long as we serve where that power comes from, whether it's serving the family or the community or the company or the nation, then we can be an effective vehicle for power and its it's weighing and, and, and distribution. But if we think we're it, we begin to head for the fall. Uh, Another person in our history who had Saturn in the 10th house was Bill Clinton. Uh, And and again, we often find that people with Saturn in the 10th house have rise to great position and then fall or stumble. Uh, Certainly, he came under impeachment and certainly went through quite a harrowing few years. Uh, And right now, as we know, Benjamin Netanyahu is also going through quite a difficult year. And if we were to look at the aspects in his chart right now, uh, which I have done, he's going through an earthquake right now and he's never gone through something like this, nor probably will again. Um, But this is a time where tremendous surprises and upsets are happening in his life. And many are saying that perhaps his days are numbered as the leader of his country. It may well be so, uh, but certainly he's facing his test of power. And again, probably because of being in power for so long People take advantage of that, take advantage of you, and the individual themselves takes advantage of that. And eventually, of course, everything comes out. Um, so that may be, may be his undoing, we don't know for certain, um, but definitely he is someone who um, uh, is, a, is a person who would also be tested in terms of his, uh, how he wields power and whether he wields it correctly or falls because he forgot the source of the power was not within himself, but came through the instruments or the government which he serves. Um, So it's kind of fascinating. We can see people's destinies and paths and and patterns here. Nothing is absolutely certain because there's always choice. But if you're unaware of what's driving you or unaware of what is lurking out there because it's in your sub or unconscious, uh, it could trip you up. Uh, That's why a reading or astrology is so useful, because as opposed to seeing a therapist, for instance, and many and people definitely benefit and should see therapy for many things. But in a therapeutic situation, other, unlike astrology, you go to them and tell them things about yourself, tell them your life story and sort of reveal the story of yourself to them. And then, of course, them reading into that and reading between the lines, they can see what you're knowing and not knowing about yourself and then help you with that. Whereas with astrology, We start out with a map of the psyche. We can start off right away talking about, well, this is what you are, and this is what's going on in your life. And people knowing this to be true because they're experiencing it, it, it gets us right to the heart of the matter right away. And they can begin working on something, having a sort of a leverage over themselves. This is like the universe is speaking to us and reminding us, confirming to us, this is who you are. And so it's most amazing. And I have... Delighted myself for many, many years in being able to do this work. Uh, I say every day when I finish the day, I say I love what I do uh, because I get to work with people, help people, understand themselves, and every day I'm learning too. So what could be more wonderful than that? Um, so I thought I would just just give you that little sort of brief overview of astrology and some aspects of how it works here um, before I would take um, your questions. Uh, and I see many of you have been holding on there again, some of you for quite some time. and <laughs> I apologize, but I will begin taking your calls now. And you may certainly ask me any question you have about astrology if you wish to. Or as is often the case, if you have a particular question about yourself and you want me to take a, a look at your own chart. Uh, just, just give me uh, a first name uh, so I can uh, so I can label that chart uh, on the in the program here, uh, and then a date of birth and a time of birth and a place of birth if you have that, uh, a time of birth if you have that and a place of birth, so I can look at your chart. Okay? All right. So let's take up the first caller here been waiting patiently for quite some time. Hello. Hello. This is Bill.
2: Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Hi.
1: I'm fine. Who's this?
2: It's Jane.
1: Jane, hi, Jane.
2: It's uh, Jane. Yes. Hi. Oh, Jane, Jane. I'm sorry. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's all right. Okay. You need my date of birth. Um,
1: sure. If you uh, want, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's six eighteen
2: seventy. Six eighteen
1: seventy. Okay. And do you have a time?
2: Yeah. It's uh, five thirty two a.m. Five thirty
1: two a.m.
2: That's right. And that's in Scarborough, Ontario Canada.
1: Scarborough. Okay. Ontario. Okay. I've got it here. So what is your question for me?
2: I want to know how things are going to look in the next few months with regards to work.
1: Okay. Um, again, I've got it. 5.32 a.m. So if you know your chart, you're a Gemini with a Sagittarius uh-huh. moon, and you have Gemini rising too. Is that correct?
2: I believe so. Yes.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> just want to make sure. Uh-huh.
2: Um,
1: yes. So with yep. regard with yeah, so with regard to work, um, the the two major indicators I look at for understanding what's changing in our chart is the progress moon, um, which actually in your chart right now, and for about a year, has been moving through the sign of Virgo, which would be implying a time in your life when you're trying to create a new kind of order to your life and make new arrangements in your life. And part of that would be in regard to work in terms of finding new to use new techniques at the existing job or find an altogether new kind of position or job at this time. Then outwardly we look at major planets and the most important in regard to favor and good fortune, of course, is the planet Jupiter. And Jupiter this year, a few months ago, And for the rest of this year, well into 2019, the planet Jupiter right now is moving through your sixth house. That is the house of work and of service. And that would mean this is a time that one would want to throw oneself in with a great deal of enthusiasm to an activity or job uh, uh, function. Uh, And there would be a lot of work to do, but again, it implies um, a need to improve things to grow things there. So, um, is it that you are, are not working right now, or is it that you are looking to change jobs? What's the con- what's your consideration here?
2: I'm working right now, and I don't know whether I'm going to stay with this job or, you know, move on to a new job. Um, okay, that's why I wanted to get an idea.
1: Well, again, uh, if, given that Jupiter is in your sixth house, um, that usually <laughs> implies improving working conditions. So either it means okay. a better position where one is or if that isn't possible that I've reached the limit there or there's no openings there or what have you, then it would imply moving into a new job or position um, in your life at this time. Um, okay. And I, I, I can't say exactly when that would happen, um, but I would okay. say that you, you are in a period now with Jupiter in the sixth house where it's much more fortunate to make a change And with your moon in Virgo, what you're really, what's driving the whole story here for you is you want your life to make more sense. You want to be more at peace. You Mm -hmm. want more security and stability is really what's Mm -hmm. driving the story. So you need to just keep that uppermost in your mind of what, why I'm doing this and what it's for so that you can direct your energies accordingly to sort of attract that or move, find that out there, um, in your life. Um, you know, Okay
2: all right so uh it's going to look okay then in the next few months for me
1: well well, i i would think so i mean um the thing is we all have to watch out and i'll be talking about this in my next show probably in march uh the planet mercury which of course is the ruler for gemini and your gemini gemini your double gemini um is going to go retrograde in in from march 22nd to april 15th and for all of us that's a time of introspection and reflection and reexamination, it doesn't necessarily stop one from obtaining something, but you would want to try to hopefully find something before March 22nd or continue the search during that period and then start a job after April 15th or so, because beginning things are a, 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 a on a mercury retrograde cycle can provide a little bit of a hiccup in terms of how it's going to work out. It might work out eventually, but it might be more problematic to start. Um, so to avoid that <laughs> hassle, you'd want to start a job uh, before the 22nd or ap- after April 15th, okay?
2: Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you Great. so much.
1: You're very welcome. Okay. okay. Bye-bye.
2: Okay. Take care. Bye.
1: Yep, you too. Bye. Bye. Hi there. Hi. Hi.
0: I wasn't Who's sure it? you were talking to me, Bill. Okay. Uh, this is Diana. <laughs>
1: Hi, Diana. I've spoken
0: to you before. I want to remember to say happy birthday. I know it just recently went by
1: because I oh, asked sure. you last time. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe
0: a wonderful <laughs> birthday. You're just as eloquent as always. I really enjoyed uh, about the president. I would have liked to hear about Angela Merkel as well because she's she's a powerful woman.
1: Oh, she is. I know I, I can't cover them all, but I, I will certainly no. <laughs> look at some more world leaders. And it's fun when you look at world leaders, you're always also, if they're, it's available, looking at the country's chart, too. Um, that's why when I look at like, like Donald Trump's chart, I'll also look at the USA chart to see, to get a better read on what's happening in that country and the leadership of that country. Just like I also have here um, Ryan's chart and Mitch McConnell's charts and other people. Um, but of course, you you tend to go with the, the 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 true leader, the figurehead, or the leader of a country as the preeminent influence of what's governing a country at any one time. And she certainly is a very important figure in our time, without question.
0: Yeah, because she gives the balance of male, female as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's so important right now. Sure. Personally, my my question. Is about my situation, both regarding home and health. Those mm-hmm. are a tremendous source of worry for me right today.
1: Okay. Um, well, like that last person I just spoke with, um, they had their moon in Virgo. Your moon's in Sagittarius, but you both have your moon.
0: No, no, my moon oh. is in Gemini.
1: No, no, I'm talking about your progress moon. Uh, The the timing of your chart. So right now, your progressed moon, just like that previous caller, is moving through the fourth house of the chart, which is the house of home, family and security. And so when the moon goes through there, we're reexamining what where does my security come from and how secure do I feel uh, or not? um and um and i'm having to show adaptability and flexibility to maintain or get more security in my life and it is also true in your chart given that your moon's in gemini as you know and at the very top of your chart your emotional well-being rises or falls with your professional life or your your public stature or status and if you're doing well out there in the world you're doing okay I mean, you need other things, too, but that's really what it rises or falls on. And if it's not doing so well or you're not feeling so good about it, even other things being fine, you would not be happy. Um, So so what's what's happening? What's what's the trouble that you're running into? Um,
0: A possibly loss of a roof.
1: In in about
0: yeah, of a roof, a place to live in two days, and uh, something going on physically with me that has been coming out because of this uh, energy combining of you know bad you know difficulties, the difficulty. Uh, Well, work-wise, also difficulties uh, not being called for work Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me what's coming up in the next 30 days as far as major changes
1: okay Um, well I do see the I do see the instability in the home that's very much there Um, and I I didn't know what it would be but I now that you explained it that that makes that clear the uh, the next week, a uh, next few months a uh, next few weeks. Um, let me just run uh, to get a clear understanding. Let me just run the numbers and see what's happening here. In
0: while you're running the numbers, I want to tell you I did call you, but I'll no. try calling again and leaving another message.
1: Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Um, well, there's something there's something happening in the first week of March, and the reason being it's a planetary alignment that actually has sort of a quality about it that usually when it makes contact, it sort of happens. Um, And that's the planet Uranus, the awakener coming over your Jupiter. Now that would indicate that there is a door opening for opportunity, but you've got to have your wits about you and keep your eyes and, uh, and mind open to something coming to you in an unusual way, in a way that's not normal for you in terms of opportunity. And this would definitely affect work because your Jupiter is in the sixth house of work from birth. Um, So there may come, um, you want to keep your eyes and ears open in terms of communications, in terms of people, you know, and often since Uranus rules, our social connections through colleagues and friends, opportunity may come knocking to you from a friend or from a colleague, a fellow work person that, you know, has something that opens a door for you. So there, there really is something coming probably in that first week or second week of March. Um, But of course, given the state you're in and the anxiousness it creates, um, you have to sort of not let that drag you down and make you not look or not look up. You have to sort of stay alert to the possibility because you are quite and quite understandably so. You're hitting a real low point here um, emotionally and trying to just get through the time Um, but, and then that doesn't mean you'd miss the opportunity, but you might miss it unless it really knocked you over. So sometimes these things come subtly and someone mentions something in passing and boom, there it is. And again, this planet Uranus started in your house of friends. It rules friendship. So uh, if I was betting, I'd say, talk to your friends or talk to fellow people you've worked with colleagues at work. About what you are looking for or need, and someone probably knows something, and through that connection you 'll find something that will help you
0: actually so thank you so very much i I do appreciate your show. I hope you do it i I, I get to hear it more well, well I I hope like I to, hope yeah
1: I hope I hope to do it more than once a month Am i 'm my aiming to go every two or three weeks instead of every four to five weeks that 's my game my my game plan. But uh, I've been so busy <laughs> with, with work that I literally work five, seven days a week and I have to take days off. But the, the show doesn't take that much work. And I do want to do it more and enjoy meeting uh, new people this way. So but thank, thank you, Deanna.
0: Thank you. Happy birthday again.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Thank I'm you so much. If you
0: can. Mute sure. Oh, oh,
1: okay. I'll just mute you and, and do give me a call again. That's great. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: Hello, it's Bill. Who's this? Hi. Hi! 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 Hello.
3: There. Hi. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hi. Hi. This is Lynn, L-I-N. Thank you for uh-huh. taking my call. I wasn't sure, sure. I was going to be able to. I'm the first yeah. time, and um, so my birthday is January fifth, nineteen fifty-six, and I was I was born in Columbus, Ohio, at okay. nine mm-hmm, nine thirty. AM. nine
1: thirty a m in Columbus, yes. okay
3: yes.
1: and what is your question for me today?
3: Um, my question has to do with um how soon um do you see or uh feel uh, a love relationship coming in for me as you can see, I'm in my sixties and I've basically been single for a while. okay. And so yeah, I am in the process of moving. Um I currently I live in California. So okay. um and I will be moving um, back south to Tennessee. So um I'm really not really trying to start something here at this point. I think I'm trying right. to like finalize yes. <laughs> so Okay. Um, but, yeah. but when,
1: so when do you, when do you move to Tennessee, do you think?
3: Uh, Yeah, that should be uh, early spring. Early Early spring.
1: spring. Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, two ways, again, timing the chart, the inner life and outer life. And in the inner life dynamic, we look at the progressed moon especially. And right now in your chart, it's actually in the last house of your chart, the 12th house, which is a time of great soul searching and confronting energies in myself that I need to be aware of so I can round myself out. It's a time to face down fear and find my faith. And in about seven months, so let's say in maybe by September, October, the moon will change signs into what is your rising sign of Aquarius. And that will bring out more of a gregarious outgoing nature where friendship and companionship become much more, Evident in your life and in your world. So if I was going to bet, which I don't bet, but if I was going to bet, (laughs) I would say you you would feel very differently about many things um, in terms of sociability and things of that nature, starting in the fall, starting in September or Ah. thereafter. Oh, that's
3: awesome. That's my favorite time of year anyway, for some reason. I've always loved.
1: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Well, again, you know. Things have happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you you are drawn to, because of Jupiter being in your seventh house and Pluto there as well, when it comes to relationship, Mm -hmm. you want to see a relationship that expands your life. So you need someone who is a little different from yourself, so your worldview is expanded by being with them. They come from a different I, background or culture. I was going to
3: ask you that. I was yeah, going to ask you, me, what do you think would be the best? Because I do feel more like an air person, although I'm Capricorn, but mm-hmm. you know, I just don't really feel the,
1: you know what well I mean? you are you, no I'll you're, you're more it. you're you're more air than anything because you're capricorn yeah. but your moon is in libra you have aquarius rising you have your venus and mercury in aquarius you're very airy yeah. and airy people are yeah. mindful thoughtful objective and for yeah. you you given your venus is rising in, in aquarius you really want to be an aquarius um, and you 'll want to love like an Aquarius, which means at the yeah. core of the experience of relationship is friendship all right yes. It's it's, yes it's it's appreciating the person for the person that they are and just letting them be that as they let me do you be think who another
3: I am. air sign do you think another air sign would be good for me Because i've oh, been with i've been with water, and oh my gosh, oh gosh.
1: Well, <laughs> I, I can, again, well, again, it, it, you, can't, you can't know from just the person's state of birth because yes. they could be like yeah. you, an earth person, but have yes. a lot of air. Or So yeah. I don't like to say we can get along with anybody. Right. It depends upon us yes. and, about, <laughs> and upon who we're actually meeting. Um, but the combinations yeah. are you have to sort of look at the real yeah. chart to see what's really yeah. happening there. Um, yeah. But certainly air would be something you'd be drawn to because for you, intellectual compatibility is very, very, very important. Okay. Oh, so, so, so if I'm not with a person who's, you know, communicative, talkative, interactive, it's not going to work. Um, and so you, you're looking for that. Okay.
3: Okay. You are so good. Thank you so much. I'm you're so happy welcome. that I came across you. So you're going to be doing this like a couple of times a month. Is, is that what I, heard I, you I hope say, to possibly? I've been doing.
1: I've been doing it. I've been okay. doing it seemingly monthly. And I hope to re- okay. do it more than once a month, okay?
3: Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank You're you. You're very welcome,
1: Lynn. Good talking to you. Thank okay. You.
3: Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Okay. You've been holding for a long okay. time here. <laughs> Who yeah. is this?
3: Hello, how are you today? Who is this? This is Terry.
1: Terry. Hi, Terry.
3: Hi. How are you?
1: I'm fine.
3: Okay. So um, my astrology sign is a Leo. Right now okay. I'm not dating. And what I'm going to do is actually be focusing on school and focusing on self-development for the next okay. year. So okay. I just wanted to know what astrology sign would I be compatible with and hope, hopefully looking for a, uh, a partner or a mate.
1: Okay. Now, do you have your, your birth date for me?
3: Yeah, it's August twelfth,
1: mm-hmm. and the so year nineteen
3: eighty nine. Nineteen nine?
1: Eight nine, right?
3: Yes, yes. Okay.
1: Um, and do you know your time of birth and place?
3: It was two two thirty a.m. Um, in the morning on Long Island, New
0: York.
1: In, on Long Island, okay. I will do that. Okay, I'm from Long Island as well. <laughs> Well, oh, I was born in uh, I was born in I was born in New York City, but and I'm living in New York City. But I was I lived grew up on Long Island. So, so okay. Oh. So Terry, so you're a Leo, as you may know, of course, as you said. But your and your moon sign is Sagittarius, also a fire mm-hmm. sign. But then you mm-hmm. have Cancer as your rising sign, um, mm-hmm. and that means you. Would want to though you are a Leo and you're very fiery and idealistic, and that would be an important part of relationship and love for you, um, with mm-hmm. cancer rising, you approach the world like a nurturer. you want to care for others, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's an important part of relationship for you. But even though you are a Leo, you really want to be a Virgo <laughs> because, <laughs> because your Venus is in Virgo, and that means yeah. when it comes when it comes to love, you are very particular. Um, you're really good at analyzing what's going on in a relationship and figuring things out. And that's useful. And you need to do that at times. But you want to make sure yeah. you're not overdoing it.
0: Yes, that I you're, agree.
1: That you're, that you're not looking in the mirror and seeing all your, the flaw that you're focusing in on yourself and then feeling, oh, gee, why would somebody love me? Or secondly, mm-hmm. looking at the person before and saying, oh, I see this problem in them. We're all flawed. (laughs) There's there's nobody down here that's perfect. And I need to be rather see yourself as someone who's adaptable. I'm willing to make certain adaptations to be with somebody to make this work. Um, Again, your moons in Sagittarius, which means emotionally you should be very direct and forthright and emotionally you will enjoy exploration and travel. Um, but with your Venus in the fourth house in Virgo, you really need a beautiful home that is arranged yes. just, just so. I mean, your home should be beautiful, filled with beautiful things yes. for you, okay? And when you yes. have that sense of beauty in your home and feel at peace in your home, then that will flow out and help you have a better experience in relationship and love. Yes. In terms of relationship, that's where you're tested in life. Uh-huh. Because you've got your Saturn in, you've got Saturn in your seventh house, which means your test in life is the test of relationship, which means Mm -hmm. it'll always seem like the problems out there that this person has this problem or in some way they've overwhelmed me or underwhelmed me. But that begs Mm -hmm. the question why you attracted that. So it says you have to take responsibility in this way by having a better relationship to yourself understanding what you're really looking for and what you really can offer in a relationship, then you'll attract a more compatible person. Also, you have great insight when looking into people. You see right into them. And this operates great when there's no relationship or you don't care who you're meeting. Unfortunately, when you're going on a date and wanting to meet somebody that's going to be the one you wanted them. You want them to be something for you, and this is when you trip over your own projection.
3: Okay. So you,
1: so you have to use your will when meeting somebody and going on that first or second date or whatever to try to not to see anything at all, and you'll actually see them in their truth. You'll read oh, their I soul. Co- you'll read their soul correctly, but what'll happen has happened to you in the past is that you saw somebody and you saw their potential, but it wasn't going to come true in this lifetime. And Mm -hmm. you felt disappointed and let down by them not being who you knew they could be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to stop doing that to yourself.
3: (laughs) Okay.
1: I most most certainly
3: will.
1: You have to be, it's tricky. You have to just, you have to want nothing and then you'll see even more. Okay. That's how, that's how clairvoyance works. You're very clairvoyant. This is a gift, but it's a curse. Okay. (laughs) so. (laughs) Uh, Um, but again, I mean, you're, you're serious about relationship and, 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 and Leo is honor bound. And once a Leo gives their heart and pledges their oath to somebody, it's forever.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, They're
1: very idealistic and and you need to be, but that also means your heart can be easily broken when somebody is less than honorable or doesn't keep to the, doesn't keep the faith. Okay.
3: Yes, um, I would definitely agree.
1: Okay. Okay. So well, not anyways. This
3: I, time, not this time uh, around.
1: <laughs> well, 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 no. well, again, again, I would tell you, though, that Saturn has come around in your chart now for the first time. You're having this year what's called your Saturn return.
2: Mm-hmm. These
1: next two years in your life are the most serious years you will have in many years in terms of relationship. Okay. Serious things are going to happen here, either you're going to meet somebody or you're with someone that's going to get much more serious, and if you're with someone or with some people that are hanging around that you shouldn't be with, you're going to move them out of your life. This is when yes. you when you're really going to settle into a long term relationship that could last
3: Okay yes and this, it's this
1: year or th- it's this year or next year, I'm telling you, so get okay. ready. often when we're I least know. Ex- even when we're least expecting it is when. Is when nature comes along and provides us with an opportunity, but we have to be ready for it. And you should be ready now for a serious yes. relationship. Okay.
3: I most certainly am. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Right. <laughs> well, that was Thank that was good.
3: <laughs> it was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very
1: welcome. Okay. I'll okay, Terry. Back. Okay, right. sure. Thank okay. You. You're welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Right. Okay, I'm gonna. Oh, my goodness. 60 seconds. I'm just going to say hello to you, whoever you are. I'm sorry I got to you so late. But who is this? This is Bill.
4: Hi, my name is Tanika.
1: Tanika. Hi. I think you Hi. sound familiar. Are you, have you called I, before?
4: No, I don't think so.
1: Oh, okay. Good. Good. Okay. What's your birth date? September the 3rd,
4: 1978.
1: September 3rd, 78. It's going to cut me off. I know it here. Uh, and where? No. what time are you born?
4: I was told I was born like 7, 7.30 a.m. in the morning.
1: Okay. And okay. what place?
4: Kingston, Jamaica.
1: Kingston. Okay. And what's your question real quick? <laughs>
4: about love life. I always have such difficulty with love life to the point I'm choosing not to even date right now.
1: So I don't okay. know what you have
4: to tell me about love life and children
1: look for my number and give me a call and I'll I'll talk to you after the show here. Cause it's going to cut me off right now. The show is only oh, an hour and no. there it goes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh I'm, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. We're off What's the air. Number? Are you still, are you still there actually?
4: Yeah. I think they you're, give you a little okay, bit you're
1: of there. time. So, yeah. So the ep- episode ended, but at least it's keeping our connection. So let's just keep going. And I don't know if other people are still listening or it's going off the air. I don't know how this works because I'm just a user of it. I'm not the inventor of this thing. So just quickly, um, at Tanika, you're, you have a chart where all your planets are gathered very tightly together, and you are what we call a triple, meaning your sun's in Virgo, your moon's in Virgo, and you have Virgo rising. That's all because you're born around bound dawn, and therefore the sun and, moon are, the sun and rising sun are the same, but you also have to be born right at the new moon. So you have all this Virgo in your chart which gives you tremendous refinement and awareness and critical awareness, but you really have to be careful that you're not so focused on particulars and the minutia or details or being critical that you fragment yourself when it comes to, especially in relationship and love. So, um, The difficulty here would be because you've got Virgo rising, that gives the opposite sign setting, and that's the sign of Pisces. And so the great danger you would run in there uh, would be that you might, in fact, uh, be someone who too easily falls for rescuing and saving people, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you tend to collect people who need you and can benefit from you, but you might find yourself, oh, woe with me, what did I get myself involved in here again? Um, You can turn this around by finding good outlets for your kindness and consideration and good works for people who you're not personally involved with and then make it your determination that when it comes to someone I can be with, uh, I need to be with someone who lifts me up spiritually and artistically isn't somebody I'm I'm trying to save or rescue, or it could also reverse. And at times you may feel down and out and you want to be saved and rescued by someone. And that kind of relationship also will not work. Um, So it's tricky here. Um, But, but I, I let me just look at see what's going on in your chart right now um, uh, to see where all our planets are moving. Um, if, you, if it's truly around 7.30 a.m., there's, there'll be a shift coming later this year, early next year, where there's a greater ability to work on m- building new patterns of relationship, new patterns of, of relating one to another with people. But right now, you're doing healing work. Right now, your moon is in the sixth house, your progressed moon. And so this is a time in your life to reorder your life, to create a new kind of life for yourself, to reorganize your life. In a sense, you're getting ready, getting yourself ready for the relationship that can and should be coming, which I would anticipate more likely to happen at the end of this year and into next year. That's when it's more likely to happen, given, what, given this time of birth we're using for your chart. So it's, it is key to that, and it could be a little different if you were born a little earlier or a little later. So we can't say for certain. Um, but I would, I would encourage you, um, to, to, um, work on yourself and what it is that you're looking for in relationship. Now we all think we know what we're looking for, but sometimes we don't, um, it's sort of confusing or conflicted, but you have your Venus, what you want to be and how you love in Libra. And so what you're looking for in relationship and love is for uh, justice and fairness and harmony and beauty all sounds good but again because your venus lines up with your jupiter you are someone who is more likely to what i call overrelate. meaning when you first meet somebody you're an amazing person to be in a relationship with because you're giving so much but you're giving too much you're not letting them give back as much as you need to so you have to establish right at the beginning of a relationship reciprocity you know come on over tonight i'll make you dinner but then tomorrow morning uh you make us breakfast is what you want to establish right away in the relationship otherwise your your default mode is to just really really pour it on um which gives them gets them attached to you but it's not sustainable it's not healthy for you or for them um and then you might attract someone who is a taker and won't give to you so in order to not have that happen, you have to dial it back yourself, okay?
2: hmm
1: Okay. So that's one thing mm-hmm. you want to work on. It. Go ahead. What, Sue, what I see Go why. Go ahead.
4: I'm sorry. I, no, no, I, I was going to ask about children, but I didn't realize we weren't done. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no. Just, just that's, that's one thing I think that you're working on things now and trying to heal yourself. That would be one of the major things you'd want to work on and heal, um, there's something, given your chart, that your Saturn, which rules your house of children, is in the 12th house. There's something hidden related to children in your chart, uh, something that you have to work out karmically in regard to children this lifetime. Uh, it doesn't prevent children, but it means there's some kind of obstacle or something in the way. And in your chart in general, it says that you will have to go through periods of being either feeling isolated or alone which forces you to go into yourself and figure things out. So in a way, your life requires moments of contemplation, meditation, centering, which at times could be forced on you because of life making you feel like you're on your own. And it may feel like this is terrible. I'm on my own. But actually, it's your way to get to yourself and to come out the other side and be complete. So it's not a bad thing at all. Okay. There's a bit of mysticism in you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: No, go ahead. You, I want to hear.
1: No, there's a bit of mysticism in you, and you are on in an inner journey. That's what this life was for, uh, and you may have to sacrifice certain things temporarily in that journey to find yourself. It doesn't mean they can't be had at some point down the road here, okay?
4: Yeah, it's a, that's what I'm going through right now. It's a very lonely time. Like, I yeah. don't have any friends. I don't go out. I'm not even dating, and I just go home after work and I don't really want to hang out or be around too many people.
1: And it, right. Well, it's well that, will that, it's that, that will change that. It's sad, but that will change because as these energies move along, you're going to move into a much more sociable phase. But I think this period is a time of healing. That doesn't mean you can't have some friends and socialize and spend some time with friends. That's something we all need to do. Um, but you need, you need primarily to focus on yourself and go on this inner journey of healing is what you're going through right now. Okay. 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 Well, that was good. Well, it was nice to meet you. And I'll save your chart here and you can always call in some other time, but I, I should end the show. I don't know if the people listening right now, maybe it's to cut them off, but at least we really, yeah. What? Yes. You know, I
4: was wondering, as far as like a partner, I always end up getting involved with Gemini's or Aries people. And I just wanted to know, like, as far as a partner for me, who do you like, like, what would you, is a
1: good you, give, given that you're very earthy yourself uh though we can be with any sign being with an earthy person which should be the tauruses and the capricorns or virgo but taurus or capricorn would be the easiest for you a gemini would be entertaining and you'd love their intellectual stimulation but they'd be very unstable compared to you and you'd find them to be inconsistent where you are much more focused And an Aries would be dynamic and very, and very, you know, full of life. But sometimes if you are dealing as you might attract an undeveloped Aries, then they're more involved about their, their, their interests tend to end at the tip of their nose. Uh, They tend to be more selfish than other signs. Okay. But that's Mm -hmm. when they're unevolved. I'm not saying you could find a very evolved Aries that could be great, but given your charts, predominance of earth, you do better with an earthy person, Taurus or See, Capricorn.
4: See, I thought that I, I thought I kept, because um, I was with a Taurus for a long time, and he kind of broke my heart. And for a lot of years, he used me before he even decided to get serious about the relationship. But I know that was just that individual. But I well, yeah, that's just my him. Genius. But
1: but 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 again, that it lasted so long, it shows there's compatibility because earthy people right. tend to get along with each other. So there are probably a lot of good Tauruses out there and a lot of good Capricorns. You just happen to. In that journey yeah. of finding yourself, come across someone who was not a healthy person.
4: Right. I thought because okay. my Venus and my Mars are in Libra, that it kept mm-hmm. making me um, attract the air or the fire. I thought my no, Venus you,
1: and my it, Mars... Had- you, want, you want to be airy, and it, that's, that, is, that is the second thing I would go for, is the air in your chart. But Earth is predominant, and if you want to go with okay. what's most compatible, it's Earth second would be air but not a Gemini because Gemini is a sign that squares yours you'd be better off perhaps with a Libra or an Aquarius would be easier much easier than a Gemini yeah,
4: okay. Gemini hurt me pretty bad yeah
1: Okay. okay well it was great talking to you alright thank you you're welcome bye bye <laughs>